Hello, and welcome to another episode of EdChoice Chats. My name is Mike McShane, and I'm Director of National Research at EdChoice. Today's podcast is part of a new series we're embarking upon called Cool Schools, wherein we will profile passionate educators around the country and the schools that they lead. This podcast series has two goals. Uh, The first is simply celebration. Starting a new school or running a great existing school is hard work. Too often, it's a thankless job. So we want to celebrate people who are trying something new and different and kick the tires on their ventures to uncover lessons that they've learned and can share with other educators around the country. The second goal is to try and stretch folks' mind about what is possible in education. As educational choice supporters, we at EdChoice spend a healthy amount of our time trying to promote educational options that don't exist yet. We push for states to pass laws that create the conditions for great new schools to open and scale, but many people struggle to wrap their minds around exactly what that might look like. In this podcast, we're going to highlight some of those potentialities. With quality school choice programs, innovative models like the ones we talk about here could be coming to a city near you. You know, at the outset, I would like to say that uh, we're not going to try and use this podcast to adjudicate whether or not these are quote-unquote good or bad schools. We're not going to examine their reading and math scores and ask them why their fourth graders aren't up to snuff. We are going to ask about mistakes that they've made, lessons they've learned, advice that they would give, and related questions that should be helpful for anyone listening, even if you're skeptical of their educational model or pedagogical strategy. I'm always on the lookout for more cool schools to profile, so if you know of one of those in your neck of the woods, please let me know about it. So today on the podcast, we have Pastor Wade Moore, who's the founder of Urban Prep, a small private school in urban Wichita, Kansas. Um, And I think it's going to be interesting. You know, we have this kind of diversity of school models and school sizes and school locations on this podcast. Um, And so this is really cool to, to learn about a kind of small school that's operating um, in in Kansas, in, in good old Wichita, Kansas. Um, pastor Moore is the founder of Urban Prep, and he's also the senior pastor at uh, the Christian Faith Center in Wichita. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Pastor Wade Moore of Urban Prep. Well, Pastor Moore, I think it's probably best to uh, begin at the beginning uh, with the story of Urban Preparatory Academy. So could you... T- uh, just give the kind of background. Uh, when and how did uh, Urban Prep get started? Urban Prep Academy, Wichita. We got started uh, fall of 2014, and I had bought a closed public school building and had did some classes in it over the summertime and real, had a real passion for children in this underserved neighborhood. It was one of the schools uh, that closed in our underserved neighborhood and really had a passion to, to really do something for, for kids. And so uh, I traveled around, looked at different schools across the nation, kind of developed a model uh, of what we would need here in Wichita, came back, put together a team, and we formed the Urban Prep Academy. And we started the school because I saw uh, this, this real gap uh, with, with children that were wanting to really excel or really just just be a part of the educational process. And so we started the Urban Prep Academy as a private school for low-income and working-class families. And so now, how, uh, how large is it now? How many students does it serve? 
Well, right now we serve 52 students. We started with 13 students our first year. And what was so amazing about it was uh, when we put the word out that we were starting a school and we did the advertising, we did the pre-enrollment, uh, we had like 30-some uh, families that were interested. And so then when it came time to enroll, had like six students that had enrolled. And I'm like, man, what happened? What, what's going on? What happened to, to everybody? And I got a little nervous there. So I started making phone calls and talking to parents about why they were backing away from it. And it, a simple thing, it was transportation. Mm. They could not drive over here. They couldn't be at work on time. They didn't know how they were going to pick their kids up. And so we, we solved that problem, and we became the only private school here in Wichita to offer transportation. Wow. So that actually leads perfectly into the next question that I was going to ask you, uh, perhaps maybe in addition to transportation. So what makes Urban Prep different from the schools around it? What makes us different from the schools around? Uh, first, uh, we're, we're the only private school and the first private school uh, that, that, again, uh, low-income and working-class families can attend. There's a couple of private schools. There's are great private schools here. But the, the, the tuition is just out of range for working class and low-income students. So that's one. And then the transportation. And then uh, what a lot of people around the city have saw is that this, this, this love that we have for students, to where we just love them right where they are. They know that they're loved. They know that they're taken care of. And that's another thing. And then we, we, we test all of our children coming in to see what level they're on. And we develop a plan for each student. If they're behind, we develop a plan to get them caught up. If they're on task, we develop a plan to get them ahead. So now, uh, you know, tuition, having a school that's designed for low-income, working-class families and, and providing transportation, that's that's not cheap. Um, so how, how are you able to bridge that gap between making a, an education that's affordable but still offering one that's high quality? How are we able to bridge that gap? Wow. We're still working on bridging that gap. <laughs> <laughs> so I yeah. guess maybe – so what is, what is tuition at, at, at Urban Prep? Our tuition right now is $4,500. Uh, we started it at $3,200. And every student here is on scholarship except one. And the family just offered to, to, to pay the full uh, tuition, but every student is on scholarship. So it's $4,500. And the way that we do it, we sit down with every family, and we go through the, the worksheet. We show them how much everything costs. We show them uh, we, we, we have some scholarships available, uh, generous people that, that will contribute, help us with scholarships. And so we sit down with every family and we say, okay, this is the cost. This is the tuition for this year. How much are you able to pay without it disrupting your family? Mm. And some of them say we can pay $25 a month. Some say we can pay $200 a month. Some say we can pay $100 a month. Whatever amount they come up with, we accept that child. And we just work very hard to try to raise money to help us cover the cost. Wow, I imagine that's a, I imagine that's an uphill that's an uphill battle. So, are you looking within the Wichita community, around Kansas, around the whole nation, to try and raise those funds? 
Yeah, yeah, we're looking across the nation to try to raise the funds. Uh, I've been able to reach into the community here, and then now we're reaching uh, friends have friends, which is a good thing. And so uh, we've reached around the state. We've been trying to reach around the country uh, just to get the word out of what we're doing here, and hopefully we can pick up some some donors. Sure, sure. Well, hopefully just everyone who's listening – you you here you can go to the website and uh, find out the information but yeah. so there's so a one one question i'd have for you you'd mentioned giving uh students some tests when they come into the school so they can get an individualized learning plan but how do you as a school measure success how do you know that what you're doing is working there's a few ways because success you know i, I talk to our kids about this all the time which matter of fact we had a talk this morning about it uh, we measure success. Of course, we want our students to learn to read well, want them to learn math, want them to learn writing, want them to learn those things. But success to me is when the students come in depressed because of their previous educational journey. And then they say, after a while, when they've been here at Urban Prep, they've experienced us, they've experienced the culture, and they begin to say, I like school. I can't wait to come to school. I, I want to come to school. Uh, that That's success to me. I know we have to have them pass this test and that test, but real success to me is when they begin to enjoy their educational journey again. That's great. So now where do most of your students come from? Uh, let's see. The majority of our students come from right here in the neighborhood, and some come from all over the city but the majority of them come from right here in the neighborhood. Now, i got to say this. Right here in this neighborhood, there's, um, in, in this area, one, two, three, four, there's about five uh, elementary schools in this neighborhood. Uh, there's four, four elementary schools that are within a mile of us. Now, all four of those elementary schools are on Kansas' lowest 100 performing schools list. Wow. Yeah. And so we, we get children in whose families, they, they wake up around third or fourth grade and say, my child is really struggling. My child can't read. My child is way behind. So some of them come from the neighborhood and some of them come from all over. Wow. So now uh, I have to ask as a, as a kind of policy person myself, um, you know, I imagine in, in some ways you have to interact with s- local policy, state policy, national or federal uh, policy. Are there policies uh, that make your life more difficult, that, that, that operating a school is more challenging because of pol- policies either at the state level or at the local level or even at the federal level? Uh, yes, there is. You know, uh, <laughs> and we, we got time. Feel free to list yeah. them all. You know, in, in the beginning, I was so... I, I don't want to use the well. I use the word. I, I was ignorant of all the educational laws. I taught in education. I taught in public education uh, for a few years. Had always been around it, but I didn't know all the laws and all all that stuff. And so when I thought about starting a school, I said, you know what? I'm going to start a charter school here. This is going to be a charter school. And so then I started researching the charter school laws. And I found out that Kansas uh, ranked in probably the bottom eight in the nation as far as charter school laws. 
And so uh, then I found out that they did not want any other schools except public schools to exist in this area. Mm. And and so that became a challenge. Uh, uh, politicians, working with politicians, uh, people that represent this area were against uh, us trying to change charter laws, us trying to do anything to move children forward in education. And so the laws were very restrictive, and they still are. They, they still are very restrictive. And it's getting legislators to really understand uh, what a charter school is, what a private school is, what our mission is. Uh, I think that was a big roadblock. Uh, they were excited that somebody had got this building and opened it up, and it wouldn't be an eyesore, but they were not too excited when we said it was going to become a school. Hmm. And so, you know, researching the charter laws, and, and, and I saw, wow, this, this is not going to work. I even met with the uh, district superintendent uh, of Wichita. Wichita has got the largest student population, it's the largest district in the state of Kansas. And so I met with the district superintendent and one of the president of the school, local school board, uh, talked to them about some type of partnership, helping out, working together, and they said they seemed to not have any problems and basically told me to just go on down the road. Wow. Yeah. So now when you are uh, recruiting families or trying to get folks to participate in this, I'd be interested to kind of hear their perspectives, what their wants, their concerns, their kind of viewing this process through their eyes. What when you have an open house, I mean, what are some of the questions parents ask? What are they interested in knowing? Uh, so, some of them, uh, it, it's curriculum. They want to know what we are, what we're teaching, what what their children are going to be learning. Uh, they want to know about safety. They want to know are their children going to be safe here? Uh, again, that, that could do with the neighborhood. It sure. could be with with things in the past, whatever. So they want to know about curriculum. They want to know about safety. Um, they, they, of course, cost is a, a big one. They, they, they sit here in this interview, and it's like they hold their breath until the final number comes out on that sheet, what they're going to pay. Wow. Because, again, uh, with it only being public school and the other private schools out of, out of range, they have never had to financially invest in their child's early education. Wow. It's always been public school. Sure, sure. Now, if you were to look over this process, what, what, what would you say is the hardest thing that you've had to overcome uh, bringing the school to life and keeping it thriving? Uh, oh, I, okay, boy, that's a list of things. <laughs> <laughs> Again, we got time. Feel free. Yeah. I, I guess, okay. Well, let's see. The hardest thing that I've had to overcome, uh, I'll start with with our staff uh, in in, in the meetings and putting together the model before we even open the doors. Uh, A lot of our staff came from public school. And so that was a hurdle when I would share the vision with them and and, and the teaching philosophy. Uh, They always had... This, this mindset of public education. And so whenever I would present something, they'd say, that's not the way to do it. 
that's not how it's done. Mm. <laughs> and it was always that challenge and, and getting them to change their mind about wow. the way we do education. So that was one. Another challenge would be, okay, uh, I've hired these teachers, and uh, I, I know that everybody's not going to be able to pay tuition, so how am I going to keep this thing afloat financially? Sure. That was a big concern. And, and, and so we managed to do some things there. Another concern would be the, the, the families. How would they adapt uh, to this? Because, again, you're used to putting your child on a bus, dropping them off, bus dropping them off at home, everything's fine. Or you drop them off at school, see you later, but wanting the parents really involved. And so that was a challenge. Now, now, now this, this may sound uh, kind, of, kind of minute, but we, 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 uh, we have the students bring their lunch. So they bring their lunch to school on some days. Some days we, we'll do lunch here, but the majority of days they bring their lunch. Now, this was a real challenge. Uh, after about a week, parents, some of the parents were wanting to pull their children out of the school. And so I said, well, why do you want to pull your children out of the school? They said, well, we don't know what to fix for lunch. Mm. So, I mean, because they were used to public school, send them to school, they get a free lunch, you don't have to worry about lunch. So they didn't know how to handle the lunch issue. And so we got together and we worked them and showed them how to, how to do lunch, how to do leftovers. Uh, we got microwaves. We did things like that and, and showed them things like that. So that was one. Another we've discussed was the transportation issue. Uh, we, we overcame that one. So what are, you, what are y'all doing now? Yeah, right. Yeah, we, we run uh, two routes. We have two routes. We have a north route and a south route. And so we'll pick children up in the morning from all over, uh, parents who can't drive over, parents who want the children picked up, and then we'll, we'll drop them off in the evening. So we have a band, bands that run. Wow. As far as transportation. And, and another hurdle we had to overcome was the curriculum. You know, one of the things that I, I believe, Mike, is that every child can learn. And every child does learn. Uh, Children, they can learn a song in a second. They can learn a dance in a matter of minutes. Every child can learn. And so uh, here I am in, in this underserved neighborhood, and I bring in the most challenging curriculum I can find. I bring in for a math curriculum, uh, math and focus, the Singapore approach. So it's Singapore math. Sure. Have you heard of Singapore math? Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, so I bring that math program in. I bring in a good language arts program, which is Journeys, Journeys curriculum. Sure. And so I bring those in to this to this to this school, and it drives parents crazy. <laughs> it drives students crazy, <laughs> and they 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 said we can't do this. We don't understand this. Now I hired a math specialist in the beginning. And so I would do something called Parent Academy. I'd have the parents come Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock, and I would have the math specialists teach the parents the basics of Singapore math. So they would be able to help their children with homework. That's great. And so we took our time with that, 
and now that that's become our our, our math program. Well, that's wonderful. Um, so I want to close with sort of two questions. And one, one of these questions will be maybe looking forward and one of them will be looking backwards. So maybe we'll start with the forward looking one. And so what I'm just curious is, what do you think the next year, the next five years, the next 10 years holds for Urban Prep? Yeah, wow. You know, uh, this is our fourth year. So we're, we're doing our fourth year. Next year will be year number five. And so I'm, I'm working year number of when I came uh, in, I had a five-year plan. And then after a couple of years, I did our 10-year plan and 15. And, and we'll believe it, we've got a 20-year plan. Oh, wow. And, and so where, where we are right now is we're in year number four, so we'll be in our fifth year next year. And so what I'm doing now is I'm, I'm, I'm in a capital campaign and meeting with businesses and individuals to raise capital for year number five, because year number five, uh, right now we have 50 students. I I want to go to 175 students next year in year number five. Wow. Want to jump to 175 students because the need is there, and, and I believe that they will come. So we're working on funding for year number five to do that. And, and so then year number 10, uh, we're, again, we'll be moving into high school next year. We started K-5, and we grow at a grade each year. So this is our fourth year, so we're K-8 right now. Next year we'll be moving into the high school arena. And, and so 10, by year number 10, uh, year number 10, we'll be ready to graduate. We'll, we'll, we will have graduated our first class and so yeah by, by then by 10th year so our students will be uh, sophomores and college wow freshmen sophomores and college and then our 20th year i talked to somebody about that the other day my 20th year uh we're looking at opening up another campus to where we've got a campus here on the north side and we have a campus in south wichita and we've really expanded urban prep. That's great. That's quite the quite the ambitious yeah. vision. That's wonderful. So then yeah. maybe for my last question, we'll sort of look in the other direction. And I'd ask you, so you're, you've been around for four years. If you could go back in time to four years ago when you started and give yourself one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? I think that I would have started with K3 rather than K5. Interesting. Why is that? Um, when I started with K-5, uh, students that, that were in the fourth and fifth grade, they, they came to me so far behind. Mm. And, and they came with, with a different mindset. They came um, with, with a different attitude about education because they had been in, this, in the system for four, five, six years, if you count uh, preschool and all that. And so I, right now, I see a real difference between students that came to me, some students that are still here that came in their fourth and fifth grade year. There is a big learning difference between those and the ones that were in first and second grade that came mm. here. That makes so a lot of sense. I, I, I would have started with K-3. That's what, that's what my staff was trying to talk me into. But, you know, <laughs> just, 
this big dream that I'm, I'm going to save the world. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I would have started there. And, you know, and, and uh, some, it's not an easy task. I mean, I know it, it sounds great, you know, what we're doing, but it is work. It is challenging. It, it, it can be draining at times. But, man, when you see kids and they're enjoying coming to school, I mean, it, it's worth it. Well, that's great. Well, Pastor Moore, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. I know I certainly enjoyed the conversation. I know our listeners will, too. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. I enjoyed it. Good, good. Man, what a powerful conversation. I mean, it's, it's, it's really fun doing this podcast that we're able to talk to all types of different schools, big schools, small schools, urban schools, online schools, uh, you know, the whole gamut. But really getting the chance to listen to Pastor Moore and talk about the great need in the community that he serves and the details. I mean, hearing things like, you know, uh, students struggling to be able to provide lunch, families struggling to be able to provide lunch and the transportation issues and others. I know just for me, uh, as part of the conversation, it really, you know, tugs on your heartstrings and really, you know, affected me thinking about all of those things. And so it's great to know that there are uh, passionate, intelligent, wonderful people like Pastor Moore who are um, trying to do something about it and trying to do the the, the best that they can in that situation. Um, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I, I really did. I'm excited to see what Urban Prep does uh, moving forward. Uh, as usual, if you want to get more wonderful, cool schools content, please make sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can also sign up for our email list. Um, that you're allowed. To, you're allowed. You are allowed. No, you are able to create your own kind of profile on our on our website to get all of the best content sent directly to you. We've got great research. We have all the kind of goings on in, in school choice and and in education writ large. Uh, we'd love to continue that conversation with you. As always, as well, if you have cool schools that I should know about and that I should be chronicling, let us know. Reach out to us at EdChoice. You can always, probably the easiest way to get to me is just on my Twitter account, uh, which is just MQ underscore McShane. Um, but you can always reach out to us at EdChoice or shoot me an email or whatever. Um, it would be great to find more schools all around the country that are doing this. So to reiterate, subscribe to the podcast, sign up for our emails, let me know about cool schools. Thanks so much. Have a great day.